Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. It's good to be here, Dan. Well, Chris, it's great to have you back. Uh, looking forward to today's conversation. I want to kick right off uh, with some conversation around rates. Uh, we, we've noticed that the 10 years have been on a bit of a decline, um, while at the same time we're continuing to see all-time highs in, in the U.S. equity market. So the you know, question I pose for you is, you know, do, do you think that we're transitioning now in, into an environment that's you know, really well-positioned for equities? But no, I think we're going to be in a pretty positive environment for equities, uh, potentially through all of, of 2021. Uh, you know, there's been some concern with the backup in interest rates and its impact on valuation. We're not quite at a level where it'll impact valuation significantly. If the 10-year certainly starts to go through 2% and higher, that may change. It'll definitely slow down. Uh, residential activity, both existing sales and new sales, and it'll impact home price appreciation near term, but that that's fine. So I, I don't think there's any real issue there. And while interest rates have begun to come in a little bit, providing some relief, uh, there's every indication they still have another leg higher, and I suspect we'll see that uh, through the remainder of this current quarter and, and potentially into the next quarter. But overall, you know, I, I don't see any indications that equity market's in trouble. Um, when I look at volatility measures, volatility continues to decline across the board. So if anything, I think we'll see a broadening in participation in the market rally, uh, much more so than we experienced in the rally in the first quarter. And, and you know, speaking about, um, you know, kind of rallies in different areas and markets that we're seeing. We've, we've certainly noticed a pickup in quality over junk, um, or if you describe it as, you know, kind of electric companies out there. Do, do you think that this is a sign that the, the cyclical value trade is beginning to peak? I, I would say it's probably going to peak short term on a relative basis. Uh, and I think the, the what really drove the significant outperformance of the cyclicals and small caps in the first quarter was really market positioning. First quarter results was all about market positioning, right? We saw a short squeeze, the breakdown in the momentum basket, uh, the de-risking and deleveraging that comes with that. Uh, and that really drove returns in the first quarter. What we're seeing now is participants who've right-sized their books, reduced their leverage, redeploying and, and embracing risk, and so it's natural that, you know, we're starting to see tech participate. It was crowded and it was a large part of the momentum basket. And that's unwound a little bit. And for those that were really underweight, the more cyclical areas or small caps, or if they were short them, those positions have been adjusted. So uh, I don't know that it's over in an absolute sense. I think in a relative sense, I don't know that you're going to have to, you know, go own financials or go own. Uh, cyclicals in order to participate in the market appreciation from this point further, I expect it to broaden out. You know, areas that may lag will be some of the, the beneficiaries of the correction late in the first quarter, such as utilities or REITs. Uh, those areas may lag, but areas that are uh, exposed cyclically to economic growth should continue to do well. And, and perhaps you can you know, shed some light on, on one area that we've seen you know, really come roaring back, which is, which is big tech. And you know, are, are you surprised by that? Um, you know, do you think that or do you anticipate that that large cap tech and, you know, is going to continue to run? I mean, we've seen a, 
um, really over the last couple of weeks, uh, while, it, while it slowed a bit in the first quarter, just came, it came roaring back again. Yeah, no, I think large cap tech's going to do just fine. I, I think we need to separate uh, large cap tech into different pieces, right? There's the super high PE uh, speculative areas where all the values in the future, many, many years away, such as the Teslas of the world, those areas may continue to struggle a bit as capital moves uh, out into broader parts of the market. Uh, but other tech leaders in, uh, in, in software or hardware uh, or in services are going to do just fine. There's no reason why they won't continue to participate in the market appreciation. If anything, what we saw from a correction standpoint in the first quarter has really positioned tech to, I don't know, resume sole leadership, but certainly participate in the appreciation going forward. So, you know, the kind of the, one of the big, big news headlines right now is, is what's taking place in Washington and the movement forward um, with the White House's $1.9 billion infrastructure bill. Um, what you know, as you're, as you're looking through that and have an understanding of, of the implications, you know, what, what sectors would you identify that would benefit most greatly, and then what type of companies are you, are you looking into focus on? Yeah, I think it, it's important to understand uh, the infrastructure bill is not a, a near-term impact to the economy. That you know, if anything, this bill won't be passed until the third quarter. Uh, what's been proposed, while the headline number looks big, it's going to be stretched out over a 10-year period. So, you know, a $2 trillion stimulus bill that was recently passed or passed earlier in 2020, those monies went directly into the economy fairly quickly. Uh, this infrastructure bill is going to be much longer in duration. So I wouldn't go chase you know, people involved in constructing roads and bridges. That'll be a narrative out there, but, you know, quite frankly, I, I expect that trade fades relatively quickly, certainly once we do pass the bill. Um, but I would focus on areas related to clean tech, but not in the nameplates that everybody's used to looking at. Uh, so don't go to the perceived winners today and those entities that have been leading the price appreciation, I would start filtering out into subsectors. I would look for people that are involved in what would be the picks and shovels of clean tech, whether that's electronic components or specialty materials and not lithium and not copper. Those are all well-known and that's priced in. So I think investors should start to be a little more creative. There's going to be a lot of money spent. There's a lot of choke points in supply chains. Uh, you know, there's a lot of irony in the world where you see some companies that are involved in specialty materials that do, in fact, uh, are, are necessary for the production of semiconductors and other components that go into solar panels. And yet, you know, they may have some of the lowest ESG ratings out there for, you know, some historical reason of not really understanding what they do. Uh, but these companies are going to become very important in the near term, and they're going to be key beneficiaries of the move to clean tech. And so I think it's time to be a little bit more nuanced in that regard. Um, and at the same time, 
uh, it doesn't mean if we're going to move into renewables that you have to ignore fossil fuels, right? The lack of investment in fossil fuels is going to mean higher fossil fuel prices. Uh, this transition is going to take decades, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have lower demand for fossil fuels. It just means fossil fuels will have a lower share of total energy consumption. So, uh, again, I, you know, I, I think people are going to have to get a little more creative than just buying their favorite solar stock or lithium play or uh, running out and buying Tesla. That may not right. be the best approach going forward. Right, and so it sounds like to me, you, you know, you're, you're somewhat would be encouraged uh, prospects of, of more traditional energy companies. Would you say that's fair, given um, kind of the, as we're going through this transition, but there still needs to be a significant spend? Um, yeah. Go ahead. I'm not. I'm not afraid. Yeah, I'm not afraid of energy for sure. Um, we've had a big move. Uh, we still haven't priced in you know sixty dollar oil plus dollar oil on a sustained basis into a lot of these companies. At the same time, there's a lot of companies out there that, uh, despite the higher prices, have very challenged asset bases or very challenged balance sheets or both. And so, you know, you need to be very particular about where you deploy capital. But I think what investors have gotten used to in the last two years is this winners and losers environment. You know, you either had winners from stay at home and losers in the office, or you have winners from clean tech, losers in fossil fuels. And I think investors need to start getting rid of that mindset. Um, it's going to be a good environment broadly, and uh, or, or I shouldn't say necessarily across the board, but there's going to be winners in every sector. So with that in mind, it, you can go out and start selecting securities and do your research and not have to be solely dedicated you know, to these three sectors if you want to outperform the market or have attractive returns. I think that's a great point, right? Um, right. It doesn't have to be so, so, uh, so specific and, and doesn't have to be so, um, at odds with one another. So that's great. Well, Chris, this is, this has been really good. Um, I know this is, a, this is a quick one, but it's good to have you, have you on, just kind of catch up here for a few minutes and, um, we'll certainly get going. And, uh, I know next week we have our suite of, uh, quarterly podcasts that will be coming out for the, for the strategies and we'll bring you right back on after that. So looking forward Perfect. to it and talk soon. Uh huh. Take care, Dan. All right. Thanks, Chris. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.